Welcome to another episode of the Asian Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Megla Pardwaj, and today we're talking about inspections. I have with me McLean Warren from Mavli to talk about pros and cons and all the ways to do inspections. Hi, McLean. How are you doing? I'm good. I appreciate you having me on your show. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining me. It's bright and early for you over there. <laughs> I know. I know the glare from the windows out. So I look like I'm kind of in a dungeon, but <laughs> all good. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So we're going to be talking about inspections um, again, but before we get into the topic, do you want to give an introduction and tell people about yourself and what do you generally do? What do you specialize in and how long have you been working with Mofley? Yeah, absolutely. So I started in this business, or I should say I started in the Amazon space about six to seven years ago. I started off actually as a copywriter and I worked for an all Amazon focused marketing agency. So I really started off just writing listing optimizations and kind of moved my way up the corporate ladder. From there, I started another company that was also a marketing company company for Amazon sellers. So it was interesting because I started off helping people essentially start their brands, do product research, make their listing ops great, make the you know photography, everything look good. And so it was an interesting transition for me when I moved to Mobley because the logistics and supply chain side of things is very different from the, I say the front end side of running an Amazon business. So it was quite a transition to learn what was happening kind of on the back end of things. Um, I uh, am the content and marketing manager at Mavli and yeah, I've been there for about three months, still learning a lot of stuff, but um, it's been an incredible journey and it's um, really widened my understanding of the whole process when it comes to developing products, um, manufacturing them, and then selling them on Amazon. Yeah, fascinating. So I guess one of the questions that, um, you know, and one of the things that usually comes up in Facebook groups and a lot of sellers also ask, like, who is the right person to do your inspection? So sometimes I see sellers actually um, getting their manufacturer to do inspections or maybe their logistics service providers. Do you see that kind of stuff as well? And what do you say to that? Like, why is it not a good idea to get your manufacturer or your logistics service provider to um, do your inspections? So um, to answer that on a more broader scale, I think one of the issues, and like I said, I've seen it firsthand working from different aspects of the Amazon chain process. I would say one of the things that I think is an issue in general is that people are so focused on making sure they have a great listing and great packaging and you know great marketing that they really are pretty removed from the whole supply chain and how the inner workings of that work. So I think that because one, as um, a lot of the gurus or experts in the field, they really do a good job. Well, some of them do a good job at focusing on all of the stuff I just mentioned, but no one really talks about inspections. And I think that's because it's kind of an unsexy part of the business. You know, it's not really necessarily that um, fun to learn about. I mean, depending on how your mind works. So, and I think the second aspect of that is because 
you know, the majority, if not all of manufacturing and um, inspections is done in a different country, you as a seller are physically removed from what's happening. So it's easier to lose your pulse on what's happening in a different country with a different language. Um, so I think a lot of times it's really confusing what you should and shouldn't do. Now to answer your question regarding who can do inspections, I think that it's really easy for Amazon sellers or any kind of seller to essentially um, decide that your manufacturer is gonna do the inspections, right? Because they already know your product, they're already working on it. So you might as well have them do the entire inspection. Now, to clarify, manufacturers should be doing inspections already, right? They should automatically be testing stuff out at different um, time periods within the inspection, or sorry, the manufacturing process. However, they are ultimately looking out for themselves, right? Like their whole goal is to push clients stuff through. So while I'm not saying that manufacturers can't do a really good job with inspections, the reality is that they are less inclined to look out for your best interest. So that is one of the downfalls with hiring or having your manufacturer do um, the full inspection process. You don't have an objective third party to look at it and say, hey, this is wrong. We need to change that. Another option people sometimes go for, although it's not as common or popular, is to have your freight forwarder do it. Again, there's a conflict of interest there because your freight forwarder, you know, gets paid based on your units and weights. So they have a they have a specific need or inclination to just move your product and not worry too much about the details of your inspection because one, most of them aren't really qualified to do the inspections. And two, why would they send your products back when they could be making money on it? So those are the two um, downfalls of having your freight forwarder or your manufacturer do it. Another option is obviously to have your own internal team do it, to hire people within to do it. Um, the, to backtrack a little bit with the founder of Mavli, Sajag Agawal, he actually hired his own inspection team to do his inspections when his... Um, online company was going down essentially due to a high default rate in his products. So he moved to China and essentially learned the processes, opened shop, um, hired a bunch of um, internal team members to train them and then to do his inspections. What happened was when he returned to the US, he still had a huge default um, percentage to his products. And what was happening was his team or some people within his team were accepting briberies from the manufacturers, which is a huge issue. Um, so I know this is kind of a really long way of answering your question, but essentially the objective way to look at it is you want someone that is going to represent you and your company and have your, um, your best interests re recognized and um, represented. So we often recommend that you have, whoever you choose to do your inspections, we recommend having a third party do that. Plus they are usually more qualified to do it.
Yeah, it totally makes sense. And, uh, you know, manufacturers, of course, should have their own QC processes, their own QC inspectors and all, but it's so important to have a third party go in there and, um, you know, sort of represent you as a seller, they are representing you um, at the factory. So what kind of tests do you recommend Amazon sellers, um, you know, have their inspection teams perform? Um, so there's a multitude of tests that you can do that usually um, are sanctioned to four different types. So you have your visual inspection, which is essentially just looking at the product, looking at the packaging, making sure that everything looks like, say, if you sent in a prototype, making sure visually everything looks good. Um, your second one is a functionality test, which essentially is exactly how it sounds. You want to make sure that, you know, if you are selling a blender, that the blender actually functions the way it's supposed to, which includes, you know, um, plugging it in, checking the settings, making sure everything is working up to par with your standards. The third one, which is really important, and it is more important for certain products for obvious reasons, but but is the safety test. You want to really make sure that particularly if you're selling things like baby products um, or medical devices or electronics, you want to make sure that there's no um, safety issues because obviously you're looking at a potential lawsuit. So you definitely, depending on your product, really want to focus on those. Um, and the you can also do, or actually you can do it but you should do it is probably the better phrasing is a cart drop test, which ensures that particularly if you have breakable items that when they are being transitioned from say China to the U S that they're not going to break in the commute. So what inspectors will actually do is take full um, crates and literally, you know, throw them on the ground and make sure that the packaging um, will keep your product intact. And you also um, can do, you can do your own tests essentially. So what you have are these different types of tests that are recommended for pretty much anyone, but something a lot of inspection teams um, or experts don't let you know is that you can actually come up with your own tests, especially if you have a special product that isn't like other things on the market, right? So if it's a patent design or a product that um, doesn't have typical tests for it, you can certainly cater your inspections to make sure that they cover all the bases for your product. Right. And typically most Amazon sellers get a pre-shipment inspection done, right? They just do one inspection right before the product is ready to be shipped out from the factory. But generally, you know, larger buyers also do midline inspections or even, you know, pre-production inspections. So from your perspective, um, you know, what are sort of the differences, of course, between midline and pre-shipment? And do you recommend Amazon sellers to do midline inspections? And in which cases do you think they should do uh, midline inspections? So there are a lot of variables to that. Um, 
to clarify for those who don't know, a mid-production inspection is when the product is going through the actual manufacturing process. And you may have people stop at 20% of completion, 50% say is like the critical point, and then 80%, which is usually when pre-shipment um, pre inspections are done. The with um, pre-shipping inspections, those just happen like at the end of the production process. The benefits are that if you are having inspections done throughout the actual making of your product, you can catch problems right then and there. So if say at 20% of the completion of units, you're seeing some issues with it, you can stop that right there in the process and fix it there. If you wait till the very end and then those issues are caught during the pre-shipment inspection, then you have to go back through the whole process and figure out where the issues were. Now, Obviously, that will take more time and more money to have to backtrack through that process from the very beginning, right? So we do usually recommend a mid-production inspection process. Now, this is also related to or relative to your, um, your risk threshold, right? So one thing we always ask our clients is what is your um, threshold for, well, essentially your risk threshold. Sorry, I'm like repeating myself. Um, what that means is, are you a gambler, essentially? Are you more willing to take chances and alleviate some of the time and money spent on inspections to have it go to wherever you're selling and get in the customer's hands and hope that the customer doesn't see any issues with it, right? Because we always say customers are your biggest inspection team. They're the ones that, you know, their inspections actually really matter. So what are you willing to risk to have that done? Now, if you are selling socks, for example, you may not need a mid-production inspection, right? You may be like, well, they're typical socks, like the potential for anything really going wrong is low. And if I do need to fix it, it may not cost as much. So you may decide to forego the whole mid-production inspection and just stick with the pre-shipment inspection. If you have products that are luxury items, they cost a lot, um, they potentially could have more issues, especially with safety and functionality, then we highly recommend you do a mid-production inspection because while you can save costs on the actual inspection process in the beginning, it potentially could cost you a lot more if you don't do them correctly and thoroughly. And then, like I said, they get in your customer's hands and they're finding all these issues with it. Also, I think uh, products that have a lot of components like electronics, for example, it really helps to do midline inspections for those as well. And mm -hmm. um, um, like even some products that are made from fabrics, for example, and especially in India, they do fabric inspections just to make mm -hmm. sure that, you know, the colors are consistent right. and yeah. um, you've mm -hmm. got the right fabric type and everything. So, yeah. Okay, cool. Which is actually one, you know, and I don't mean to divert the conversation, but just to add to that, 
this is a good example of why you want to send in a sample or prototype to your manufacturer because a lot of things like the texture of something or the color of something doesn't really um, translate through video or photos or diagrams or any of that stuff. So, you know, it's something that we might consider red, even if you're using the proper um, codes for colors, may still not translate in real life. So if an inspector and a manufacturer has a prototype of what you actually want, it really helps alleviate any issues might, you might have down the road. Right. So let's also talk about sample size. Now, when your inspectors go to the factory to do an inspection, how do they choose the sample size? And, um, you know, that's one question, like how do they choose the sample size? And then how do they also select products to inspect? So, you know, how do they decide which specific products to inspect? Let's say the supplier has given them a stack of cottons, you know, how do they choose the products to inspect? So I guess there are two questions. <laughs> Let's talk about sample size first. <laughs> You're layering it on, Megan. <laughs> I have too much She's to like, cover. Like, two, one for, two for one for you. Um, <laughs> so there's kind of a lot to unbox there, right? So uh, this all traces back to, again, your risk tolerance or your risk threshold. Now with inspections, you have three different levels, right? You have level one, level two, and level three. Levels are determined by, again, your risk threshold and where you're selling. So level one is the most basic kind of inspection you can do. And that will also determine your sample size. So I like to use examples because it's a lot easier for people to wrap their heads around. Let's say we'll go back to the blender example. Let's say you're selling a thousand or let's say you're having a thousand units of blenders manufactured, right? Now you don't really want to test all of every single one of those out. It's not necessary and it's also very timely and not cost effective. So what you're going to do is decide what level of tests you want to do and that's going to determine your sample size. So if you want a very basic inspection, you're going to do a lower sample size. So out of a thousand and there actually is an AQL table to associate with what that actual number is. It's not like you just make up a number and say, oh, this will do. It's There's actually a process to figure out based on your level, how many units you want in your sample size. So if you're level one, your sample size is gonna be smaller. So let's just say out of a thousand units, you're gonna test 80 of them, right? And from that 80, you're going to figure out how many have defects. So that 80 is representing the a thousand. And within that sample size, if say there are three faulty products, depending on the AQL table, it's going to pass inspections or not. With level two, that is going to be a larger sample size. Now we, so let's just say out of a thousand blenders, you're going to now test 130 of them, right? So you're more likely to catch defaulty products at a level two inspection. Um, so when that happens, um, sorry, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> so at level two, when you 
test the 120 units and there are a certain percentage of units that have um, that uh, proved to be faulty, then you are going to look at your AQL table again and see what is the level, the lowest amount or the sorry, the highest amount that you um, can pass for a complete inspection level and that's recommended for brick and mortars and like i said this is a lot to unbox and i try to keep it as simple as i can but it is pretty involved to explain if you have a brick and mortar store and you're selling blenders and a person comes in to buy your blender and say there's an issue with it right they go home and they try it out and there's an issue usually what they'll do is come back to the store and either get a replacement or a refund they're not very likely to go to your website and leave a bad review, right? So with level two, with the level two inspection, usually that's good enough for actual stores because again, you don't have to risk the fact of people getting a default product and leaving a bad review. Does that make sense so far? Yeah, totally, totally. Okay, cool. <laughs> I always wanna make sure we're on track. So with level three, this is going to increase your sample size. So out of a thousand blenders, you might test out 200. That's a pretty high number. It's probably a little bit lower than that, but let's just say it's 200, okay? So now you've created a larger sample size, so you're more likely to find defaults within that sample size right and again you're going to go back to okay out of 200 if three units are defaulty and the aql table says that you can pass your inspection at three units then you have cleared your level three inspection company if it goes to four then it's not going to pass and you're going to go um, back through the process again now we recommend the level three inspection for people that are selling online. Now this goes back to the whole brick and mortar thing. If you are selling online and someone gets a blender that is not working, the first thing they're gonna do is go to your Amazon site and leave a bad review. So you have immediate consequences for a product being um, faulty. So again, we recommend doing a level three plus platforms like Walmart and Amazon have very strict standards of how high your defect rate can be. So, because, you know, they're looking out for their, their customers, you know, their, their customers are who they care about. So if you're providing your customers a shoddy product then that looks bad on Amazon. So again, with if you're selling online, it's really recommended you do level three, which includes a larger sample size. Does it generally take longer to do a level three inspection or? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because you're, because you're essentially doing a larger, it's a larger sample size, right? So if you're doing 200 inspections as opposed to 80 inspections, it's going to take a lot longer and it will cost more money on the upfront. But again, that again goes way back to your risk tolerance. Are you willing to spend more money in the beginning to make sure your product is quality or are you willing to inspect less of a um, sample size and just hope that your customers are satisfied with your product. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about how um, uh, 
bad inspections or bad quality can affect your Amazon listing and your overall e-commerce business. Uh, you mentioned that a little bit and you talked about how Amazon, you know, people can leave bad reviews and that will have a negative effect on, on your sales, of course. But what sort of things have you seen, um, you know, what sort of consequences have you seen sellers face because of bad quality, because of inspections not done the right way? Right. So when you look at pretty much any seller, right, one of the, well, actually the only real thing sellers are focused on is getting those good reviews and getting those sales, right? And especially during like a launch, for example, a lot of sellers will spend a lot of money and um, give away a lot of units, for example, just to get those sales going. And that's very costly. And I always say that if you're willing to spend that much money on launching your product and getting those sales and getting those reviews, why would you take the chances of cutting corners with your inspections and then having it get into your customer's hands and then defeat the whole purpose because they're suddenly leaving bad reviews. Now, not only does bad reviews and um, returns affect the ranking on your listing, but it also influences if you even can have a listing. For example, I've seen many, many times when clients have had their listing suppressed because their return rate is really high. Now, generally that return rate is about 10%. So if you know 10% is going into returns and stuff, then Amazon does have the right to suppress your listing. To, quanti- to qualify that, I will say that things like electronics, it's around 30%. Um, clothing, it's actually pretty high. It's around 40%. And if you think about it rationally, most people need to try on their clothes and see if they fit right. And a lot there are a lot more chances of returns on that one, which is why Amazon allows a higher um, percentage of, def- or of um, return rates for that. But essentially what I'm trying to get at is that if you can potentially have your listing suppressed, which will ruin all of that hard work you did for the launching and to get your product right and to do the PPC and all that stuff, why wouldn't you want to focus on making sure that your inspections are done properly? It's literally a insurance on your product so that you know that it will be... um, up to standards for both you and your um, customers. If you do have products going out that are faulty, then it's going to ruin your reputation as a company, right? Like people are just going to think of you as having a low quality company with low quality products. So you have bad reviews, you have a bad reputation for your company, And all of that accumulates to having a bad valuation on your company if you go to sell it. Now, as you know, Megla, we are in a very, um, we are in a very um, interesting time in terms of aggregators and buyers, right? So that's kind of like the hot topic within the last year to two years is, you know, all these other companies buying companies like Amazon um, companies 
to um, essentially turn profit. And so a lot of sellers on Amazon, they are looking at the long run and they're like, okay, eventually I would love to sell my company to some other company and make a lot of money on it, right? Well, believe it or not, you are lowering your valuation of your company by having bad reviews. And I will kind of explain that. So you have three things that most buyers and aggregators look at when they decide on the um, valuation of your company. So you have assets, you have um, profits, and you have markets. With assets, you're literally talking about who is working for your company? What are the platforms they're on? So for example, you have your blending, your blender company, right? And it's doing well and you're ready to sell it. And so a buyer comes along and they're looking at your company and they're looking at your assets. They're not just looking at your actual product or your team involved. They're actually looking at your listing. They're looking to see what your reviews are. They're looking to see what your, um, yeah, essentially what your um, listing offers because they're potentially buying that real estate. So if your assets include really bad reviews and lower sales, that's going to devalue your company. More importantly is when they look at profits, they're looking at yearly profits, right? And if you have a lot of returns and refunds, that's going to lessen the net profit that your company is essentially making. So companies are going to look at that and that's going to devalue your company as well. I think what happens sometimes is Amazon sellers think of inspections as an additional expense. Like, oh my God, I have to spend another, you know, $300 on this, just a one man day inspection. And it's, I don't have the profits to do that. But I think people don't realize is that once you start selling, you're going to be spending that amount on PPC in just a couple of days, right? I mean, PPC itself just takes up so much of your um, overall investment. So yeah, I mean, an inspection is just $300 and it, it uh, it's such an important um sort of almost like an insurance for your listing, right? In the long term. Yeah. And to kind of piggyback on that, you know, I mean, this is kind of just something I've seen with tons of clients in general throughout my years is that people really look at their, when they think of their markup on their product, they're looking at what their landing cost and comes are, right? They're not considering what the cost is for things like inspections, for PPC, for photography, for hiring someone to do your listing optimization, for hiring someone to do your marketing. All of these are really important costs that people don't factor in before they decide on their markup of their product. So what might happen is that if you're not considering inspections, for example, as included in your overhead, then you will potentially have a lot of sales, but how much money are you net profiting in, right? So, uh, you know, I know that kind of um, goes a little off topic, but my point is that you really should consider your pricing for inspections along with all of your other costs, because that is going to dictate what you want to market your product up as. Correct. And uh, I think another 
thing that I see often is sometimes, you know, Amazon sellers say that, okay, I've done an inspection for the first order from this supplier and I don't need to get an inspection done from, you know, for subsequent orders from the same supplier. Mm -hmm. But I think that's a mistake, right? Would you agree? I do. I, I don't think it's black or white necessarily. Like, again, another risk threshold um, example. I think that if you have a product that, again, is really expensive, that requires a lot of detail in terms of the inspection process, um, I think you're better off doing inspections every time you place an order with your manufacturer. Now, again, if you are selling socks, maybe you don't feel the need to do it every time. That, again, is up to you. Um, but what I will say in general is, um, I don't think I can cuss on here, but stuff happens, right? <laughs> stuff happens all the time. You know, it happens in your business. It's going to happen in manufacturing businesses. So you don't know what's happening in the actual factories, right? You don't know if all of a sudden COVID has hit and they've lost 50% of the people working in the factory. You don't know if there's been issues with the factory since you last used them as an inspection. You know, there's like all these elements that happen within the factories and there's no way for you to know what's actually happening. So you don't have any frame of reference regarding what's happening in the companies except for what happens with the inspections. So if suddenly your factory, half the machines stop working or, you know, they lose a bunch of employees or whatever, that's going to reflect on how um, the manufacturing process goes. And if suddenly you start saying, I'm going to forgo having a third party inspection team do this, they can just do their own quality control, then there's a good chance, there's a good risk that if stuff is happening in the factory behind scenes, that they're going to clear um, products that are faulty because they don't have the resources or they're having issues within the factory. Yeah. yeah I've also seen sometimes, you know, factories will change their raw material suppliers or their component suppliers, and that might result in some issues as well. What are some of the other mistakes you see Amazon sellers making as far as quality control inspections are concerned? Um, I think not really having a general sense of what, or I shouldn't say general, having a very clear understanding of what your product does and means and how it can affect customers. Okay. So again, a lot of inspection companies, when you hire them, they'll give you a pretty um, basic set of tests to have done on your product, which I mentioned at the beginning of um, this interview. And I, I think that if you don't understand the needs of your customers, if you can't look at what they're experiencing and understand what kinds of things they may be looking at that are important, then you can't implement the right inspections. I'll use an example. Say that you have a, you're selling a sippy cup for babies, right? And you, I mean, this should be an obvious thing, but I'm just going to use an obvious example. <laughs> 
say you are a seller, you're selling a sippy cup and you don't fully understand, you're not a mom, for example, let's just say, or a parent, but you're not a mom. So you don't know the things moms are looking for in a sippy cup, for example, right? So uh, you go through a basic inspection list that your um, third party inspection team has sent you. And they're like, oh, these are the tests you need to be done. And they're pretty basic, right? Um, but what happens is someone, a bunch of moms buy your sippy cup and they complain that, oh, when my baby is laying down, drinking the, um, the suction doesn't work at all. It only works if they're sitting up, right? Well, most, a lot of moms, if they're like really little babies, a lot of them are laying down when they're drinking the sippy cup. So you want to make sure that you have just as good of use of that sippy cup as they would if they're sitting up. Or for example, let's say that um, if the sippy cup has like little pieces to it, well, a lot of time what happens is it's hard to clean and mold gets stuck around like the insides yeah. and stuff, which is obviously really, you know, you're a mom, you know what it is. I know that, it yeah. I remember the first time I saw that mold, I was like, oh my God, I had no idea that this happens. <laughs> like, I didn't even know this piece came out. What is that in there? Like, exactly. It happens. But you would only know that if you're a mom, right? So yeah. you like are looking at it from a mom's point of view and you're like, oh my gosh, there's all these little crevices where this mold's coming and it's impossible to clean out. Like I can't get to those parts, right? So those are really random things that if you're a seller of a sippy cup, you may not even like know our issues, right? So it's really important that you understand your audience and you understand what things they potentially could come back and complain about. Um, and so you want to do tests um, with those certain types of customer needs to make sure that when the mom's using it, they're not going back online saying, hey, this cup does not work very well if your baby is taking a nap or it doesn't work very well because it gets mold all the time. So really understanding your customer needs, looking at your competitors to see where their bad reviews come from and what other you know uh, complaints or issues are with your competitors really helps create a, um, a good idea of what kind of and tests you want to perform. And that goes back to customizing your inspections so that you really are making sure that they cover all the bases. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So let's also talk about Movly and how is Movly different from all of the other third-party inspection companies out there? Right. So uh, I think fundamentally, uh, you know, it it really circles back to Sajog's original experience with inspections and how his business essentially was ruined because of bad inspections and because of bribery and because of really not having a um, access to a company that really um, he could trust and he could rely on to um, do inspections and do them properly. So fundamentally, Mentally, Saja created Mavli to find those pain points in the inspection process and really make it so that customers can feel like they are in good hands and they are represented the way they're supposed to be. We also go, um, it's also 
important for us to make sure that customers are understanding what's happening every step of the way. Most inspection companies don't offer a, sorry, my son just walked in. So if you hear any giggling in the background, <laughs> um, but if you essentially, uh, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, we're talking about Mavli and Sajex. Yeah, sorry. So, yeah. So what's important um, for us at Mavli is to make sure that customers really understand the process in and out. They feel like they can contact anyone when they want. They feel like, you know, every aspect of the process is understood and taken care of, which is why we offer um, service pods. Now, when you sign up for Mobley, the service pod is essentially your team to work with you throughout the process. So essentially you don't feel all alone in it, right? Everyone likes to have that backup and that support system. So what the service pods offer are a, an account manager that manages your entire account, three inspectors, specialists that really understand what kind of tests you really need. They understand what sample sizes you really need. They are trained and they've been, you know, had years of experience and they can really help you understand again, what um, inspections are needed, what inspections aren't, what tests are needed, what tests aren't, how often to do them, when to do them, et cetera. Then you have essentially a translator on the team. And that's really important because a lot of issues that happen with the inspection, manufacturing and inspection process is a lack of communication or a misunderstanding of communication between the seller, the manufacturer and the special team. And a lot of that's because of language barriers, right? So your translator's there to really make sure that everything you need for your product is understood by the manufacturer and the inspection um, representative. They fully understand what you're looking for, what your needs are. And so you have that built-in system that there's no company out there that offers that. So that's one of the main um, differentiators between Mavli and a lot of other inspection companies out there. We also make sure that if you have like, let's say five days of um, inspections that we will, off not often, but we sometimes rotate the people coming in to actually do the inspections or we'll have a few people come in to do the inspections and that's to keep them honest. Um, that's to make sure that they're not getting lazy. They're not um, taking bribery they're actually doing what they're saying they're doing and um, completing the process up to par with Mobley's standards. We are also in the process of um, expanding out to other countries for um, your manufacturing needs. We are implementing in um, body cameras on our inspection team so that it again keeps them honest and you, you firsthand can see what is happening throughout the process. You don't feel so removed. You can, phys not physically, but you can see what is actually going on and you can make changes or correct that based on what you're seeing from the camera. Um, our mid-inspection reviews and pre-shipment reviews are very, very in-depth. They offer videos, um, at least 40 pages of what is happening with the tests. Um, we offer 
hundreds of photos of every, you know, every aspect of the tests we're doing. We really like to be thorough. We want to make sure that if you're going to hire us to do an inspection and to represent your company, we're doing the utmost at our, you know, at our level to make sure that you get what you pay for. Right. Are there any particular product categories that Mobley specializes in, or do you cover all product categories? Um, we cover all of them except for supplements and food stuff that you digest or um, take in just because that's way different types of inspections. And um, yeah, that's really the only thing that we don't do. Okay, awesome. Well, this has been absolutely amazing, McLean. Thank you so much for um, your time today. <laughs> so what's the absolutely. best way for people to find out more about Mavli and contact you if they need to? Yeah, absolutely. I will send you a link, um, Iglesias, so you can, you know, uh, put it with this video, um, however you decide to you know, plug it on social media or YouTube or whatever. So people can click on that link and fill out a form. Um, if you mention Megla or the Asian seller, you can get $25 off of your first inspection. Um, or you could just go, if you just want to check us out and see more about what we're about, you can um, go to our website, mavli.com. We're also on Facebook. Um, we have a group in a Facebook page. I can also send you that information. But um, yeah, I think like ultimately the best way to get a hold of us is just go to our website and um, look through the information and then click on that help me prepare button or the help me get started button. And that will kind of lead you into, um, into the process and answer any questions you need. Fantastic. So I will be putting all of these links in, um, in the show notes and also on our website. Well, once again, thank you so much, McLean, for joining us today. Yeah. It was absolutely wonderful. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm not too bad at eight in the morning, am I? <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> you're fantastic. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure. As always, I love seeing your face and I appreciate you having Molly on the show. Likewise. Okay, you have a great day, McLean. Bye-bye. All right, thank you.